You alone are a groupie and you enjoy your run Back to take it easy, you're shooting up like a gun Whatever your ability is, it's a place to be So welcome to the world of fun, they run community If you're 17, 25, push it in What's happening, pie people? Welcome to a second episode this week of uh, the What The Fartlet podcast uh, after an impromptu uh, live on Saturday night. But back on track now, for those of you who like to follow the numbers who might not quite have enjoyed the aesthetic like I didn't of not seeing series nine episode so-and-so on the um, on the old podcasts last week. Welcome to series nine, episode six of the What The Fartlet podcast. My name's Rob. Yes, and uh, my name's Matt. Yeah, I don't know. I went on a little bit of a diatribe then. I'm conscious it didn't make sense. It's because we did the the thing, didn't we? We, we put the live mm, on as a yeah. bonus episode and it breaks up instead of in, in, in the... Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. This is a horrible start to this episode, isn't it? Um, <laughs> on, on, on Spotify, when you're reading up through them, it's like it's nice and like ordered isn't it it's like series mm. nine episode three episode series nine episode four series nine, and then it just says bonus episode and it just it's done my um my head in a little bit if i'm honest and <laughs> i don't know i thought it was a better story than it was really so why if, don't you if just you wanna, yeah if, if you want to hear me uh screaming and yelling my head off then go back and listen to the bonus absolutely <laughs> absolutely and if you want there, watch... there is a nice little chat with uh, with matthew as well in that um you might try and pull the audio from that and have that as a separate entity at some point. But yeah, there's yeah. A, a bit of a good chat with uh, with Matthew in that as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, it was good. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So why don't you mm-hmm. tell everybody, Matt, what is on the show today? Yeah, usual usual nonsense. Uh, our weeks in running uh, has been. Uh, obviously, we're going to go go over the charity raffle um, and, and the live we did on Sunday. Well done, well done, and thank you to everybody involved in that. Uh, we've got an incredible guest this week. We've got Barindajit Singh Chima, but you guys know him as Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt? Usain Bolt. (laughs) You were concentrating so hard on pronouncing his name right. (laughs) You forgot about his Instagram handle. (laughs) I love you so much, you moron. (laughs) Sorry, Barry. You sing Bolt. Thank you, You sing Bolt, that's the one, yes. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was a weird one. I've had to listen to that. It's a, it's a Geordie accent entwined with a bit of Brummies. It's a weird, weird accent, mm. but I love it. I love it. I'm into it. Uh, yeah, he talks about all his 30, 31 marathon in 30 days, amongst all other things. Um, ben, ben and Emma are back as well, telling us the part run travels. Uh, an update on uh, a small update on part run cup. After, was it round one this week? Round, yeah, round week, two, week, week round one. Round two, week one. Jesus Christ, what's happening to me? I don't know, mate. Um, and then the roll calls, and obviously the thank yous at the end. Ooh, thank you. And you're not going to join us for part and roll call, are you, mate? Yeah, sure, thanks this week. Fun. So, um, and and also missing from this segment as normal, um, Captain Carves isn't here, is he? I know. Yes, we're, we're recording during the day. It's, it's half past nine on a uh, on a Tuesday morning, and yes, because I'm on afters, you're not working this morning. So, uh, yeah, trying to get it in and uh, get it all all put through. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> yeah, so JV's not with us, but he is going to join for Parkrun Cup. Uh, sorry, Parkrun and uh, and roll calls a little bit later. Uh, maybe some more friendly faces and surprises along the way. But for now, my friend, it's just me and you, the OGs. We started this journey together. Uh, so let's strip it back to basics. Tell me how your week's been, my friend. 
Yeah, it's been it's been good, mate. I mean, um, I've 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 I have done a little bit of running. I think I managed mm-hmm. about what, it about twenty miles this week, something like that. That's more um, than a little bit of running, my friend. Yeah, but I've, <laughs> most of it was Sunday because I didn't manage. I managed. To, no, it wasn't. It was Sunday. Monday. It wasn't Sunday. It was yesterday, Monday. Most of the days were getting mixed. What? Yeah, yesterday. Sorry. So last week I didn't do much running at all, but this week yeah. I started strong. You have. You have indeed. You, you caught up, didn't you? You were going to do a yeah. bit of running with me and JP on Sunday, weren't you? And then you, I was. Uh, you ended up getting signed up to referee three games of football. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't happen. But you caught up a little bit and you did a, a thir- was it 13 miles in the end you managed? Yeah, 30, 30 mile uh, run on 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 Monday. Uh, nice, nice and easy. Um, but last week, yeah, I, I, I should have been doing that long run with you on the Sunday. But I, mean, I did manage to get three games and I think I'm, I clocked about nine or ten miles in them three games. So still, still good miles in the legs. Um, but yeah, not not as much as I should be. But I'm still trying to get back from injury um but 13 miles in the bag yesterday pretty pleased with that and uh running running to work today and obviously carrying on with the cycling uh to and from work as well so uh yeah not not doing too bad mate it's not keep keep keeping keeping a base ticking over aren't you and, no, and you've and well. you've reassessed your plans for manchester haven't you mm-hmm. yes yeah do you want to get into that? Or do you want to talk about your week first? Yeah, or? no, let's let, let let's talk about um let's talk about reassessing your plan because I think it's a, I mean I can quickly summarise my my week's gone great um back on track after after the impromptu cutback week last week um got a couple of speed sessions in I'm on my Cooper running plan at the moment really enjoying the speed sessions have a bit more structure to them um in the past I used to kind of just like pick a speed session off like mm-hmm. the internet that I'd found or something that somebody had t- or I'd, you know like you'd see it like the run clubs or someone on Instagram being like I've done this session like oh I'll have a mm. go at that which is fine yeah. and that's what I'd kind of been doing a little bit sporadic and all over the place but what is a big feature of this Cooper running plan is throughout the weeks there's like a speed build section so over the weeks I'm in at the moment it's like um they, they get gradually harder I guess if you want to call it that like it starts being like let's say six times three minute intervals and then it'll go to five times four and then I then I have to do five times five this week and then I'm doing three times eight um on my plan on Thursday so it's all building towards getting you in that mindset of muscle memory and running at that pace for a longer period of time to build you up towards being able to run a bit quicker so that was really cool um I did that on Thursday we we're in witness of course last week still still working towards um uh, uh, uh Sammy's dad say working towards Sammy's dad's funeral is tomorrow it'll have been done by the time this goes out so we've been back trying to sort that out but um able to run still with some pals um uh, ran with Amy uh but on Thursdays through the speed session um, yeah, just, just, just really good, good week of running all in all, um, park run on Saturday morning, uh, was good, uh, ran with all the team witness guys and Sammy ran, which was amazing. She's not run for ages and obviously she's, she's going through what she's going through. So I think to get out and, and just run, she wasn't going to all the way up until we got there and she did. And I'm dead proud of her. She absolutely smashed it. Uh, really inspiring to watch. And then, uh, and then ran with JP got 16, very disgustingly hilly miles in on sunday which um which was hard and and I, I was feeling it at the end but i think it was more the hills than the distance that were causing me to be a little bit um uh maybe, maybe close to the needle being quite close to empty by the end of it um but we move we move i think it's eight weeks eight nine weeks to london now um mm-hmm. feeling good excited um 
and then we'll talk about the fundraising side of things, which has been brilliant in a moment. But before we do, yeah, let's talk a little bit about reassessing um, plans because you have you had a very lofty goal, didn't you, originally when it came to to Manchester? Not not lofty in sense of inachievable because you are a very very good runner. Um, but talk a little bit about how that. I guess how your headspace has changed a little bit because you've gone from your A goal now to something very, very different, which can be difficult from a mental perspective. Tell me about kind of how that journey's been for you over the last few weeks, particularly dealing with the injury. No, yeah, yeah, obviously uh, from from last year, I, I had the goal of, of, of trying to PB by quite a distance um, and then quickly realised that maybe that's not that's not a, a, an achievable target. So the, the goal then was set. A little bit, a little bit lower. So I, I, I just wanted a PB, um, and then obviously the injury came along at Rasselback with you guys, and uh, I've had to reassess it even further. Um, and getting out yesterday, doing doing the long run, um, maybe realised I, I probably could still, I can still run the marathon. So I'm, obviously I'm still doing it, but the, the the goal now is just to to get under, just to get under four hours, and maybe even put my hand out and, and ask ask the guys out on, on the Fartlek family if they any anybody around the four hour mark or four hour fifteen want wants pacing I, I, that that'd be a goal for me to to help them get achieve their their targets. Um which I think is achievable achievable for me as well. So that yeah that that's my that's my plan and that's what my new goal is. Uh after getting the injury and calf strains without obviously getting the speed sessions in. I can't I can't run fast at the minute. So uh yeah, uh, there's no there's no goal for PBs, uh, but obviously if anybody else is chasing a PB, then I, I'll gladly step along and and try and help them reach reach their goals. And try your best not to run off on them. But no, <laughs> on, on on a serious note though, like you, you you are a pretty laid back guy in general. I think that's probably why we work so well because you bounce off how tightly wound I am. Um, but was it difficult, like? You've just explained that there in, in a very good high level sort of summary of, of the, the series of events that took place. And feel free, of course, mate, you know, answer this however you want to answer it. You know, I don't want to delve deep into anything that you don't want to talk about. But like, is it difficult for you? Like when you have to make that reassessment, that kind of like, oh, well, I can't do what I wanted to achieve. And I'm going to have to just 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 running it at all. You know, it's not going to be a PB. It's not going to be a glorious day. It's not going to be, you know, what you wanted it to be in the first place. Because I think a lot of people have difficulty with reassessing their goals and reassessing their expectations and what qualifies as success. Do you find that, or for you, is it just, are you very much in that kind of headspace of, it's not my fault, I'm injured, so I'm just, I've, I've just got to do what I can do? Mm, yeah, and, and the fact that I'm just laid back and all, I just enjoy being out there and, and running it, I suppose. Mm. Um, and I think that the, the shifting mindset from it's not my goal, but maybe it's somebody else's goal, has kind of helped that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Do you think that maybe doing what you've just done, and, and I know we talked about it a little bit on um, on our run yesterday. I joined you for a few miles of your 13, then yeah. my recovery run, <laughs> and um, we were you were taught, you did mention maybe pacing somebody. Do you think that is something that maybe helps bridge the gap and and and, and not cause you to kind of think oh shit actually that's a bit crap in it because i'm not going to get what i want the fact that you can then turn that to help somebody else yeah yeah mm. uh i don't i don't really know how to answer that because I've, mm. I've, it's, it, I've never even thought about it like i've never been negative towards me not mm. achieve, achieving my goals i'm not that type of person i suppose but yeah 
if if it helps it helps another person reach theirs, then then it, it was a bit of a win, isn't it? So mm. it's interesting because you, you're wired completely differently to me. That this would all be head head trip for me. It'd all be. Yeah you know you're failing you can't do this and we've talked about failure and we've yeah. talked about reset of expectations but it's it's impressive to be honest mate that you are able to reassess and um and and kind of replan um so fluidly i mean it's probably because you're injured all the time you're just used to doing it <laughs> but, uh, injured and getting old <laughs> injured and getting old but um but yeah no fair but uh, just 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 what i wanted to talk about a little bit and 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 yeah if anyone is i, I guess probably the the ideal would be because four hours is a very, um, it's a big achievement. It's a very, um, it's a common goal that people have is, is I yeah. want to get four hours. And I reckon there's bound to be more than one person in the Fart Like family that are running Manchester that want four hours. Mm. Do you think that maybe a, a little mini unofficial, a little mini, well, you are a little mini pacer. Do you think <laughs> a little, a little mini map pacer, maybe taking yeah. three or four people? On a four-hour yeah, journey, if they're, if they're around that 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 pace and they want to want to try and try and break that target and and they feel like they're gonna they're gonna be close, but they need that little bit of he- extra help, then yeah, gladly tag along or get in touch with me and I'll 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 have a look at the uh, elevation and try and try and do it officially and properly and uh, yeah, definitely definitely get in, get in touch and, and we'll see what we can do. I don't think there's that much elevation at Manchester, mate. I think, it's just, I, think, I think it's just stay under 909s the whole way. <laughs> and, you, and you've pretty much achieved it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that'd be great. So, yeah, if you are going for sub four at Manchester and you can stomach four hours in Matt's company, get in touch. <laughs> Let's even get a little a little fart like family train. Oh, no, 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 no. You've no. just, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I was originally going to say a little fart like family human centipede, but I thought better of it. Bagsy front. Always bagsy front. Get that first one in. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, good. Get in touch with Matt and let us know if you... If, if, Matt, you'll keep us updated as we go if anyone's got in touch because it'd be good yeah. if we could get a little, a little conglomerate of you guys uh, running together. Um, let's move on, though. Let's talk about Saturday. Uh, yeah. You said Sunday in the intro, but I'll let it go. Um... It was Saturday. Uh, we did our um, first ever live podcast. It was an experience, yeah. wasn't it, man? It was. It was good fun, to be honest with you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Really good fun. Um, just in Lots. case anyone hasn't got round to watching it yet, it was our uh, uh, kind of originally it was planned to be our live raffle draw um, for the raffle that we did for Make a Wish UK, which is part of our fundraiser 2023 as a podcast um, that JP, Matt, and I in particular are focusing on. Um, and it kind of evolved completely unplanned in the last like week or so to be in. Should we just like try and make it into a podcast with different segments? So we got you alluded to Matthew Bradley um, mm-hmm. uh, at the start of the show. He was a wish recipient when he was young. He, he wasn't very well and um, he's done amazing. And he's, he's, he's still with us, kicking along and doing great things. And now he fundraises for uh, Make-A-Wish. So we had a good chat with him about his journey and the importance of Make-A-Wish. You can, you can go back and listen to that interview as part of the podcast. It is, in, it is a bonus episode, as I very weirdly explained at the top of this episode. Um, it's in there. If you just scrub to Matthew, he's probably about 20 minutes in. And have a little, little listen to him. That was really inspiring. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're fundraising for such a great charity as Make a Wish UK. Um, we the raffle was great, wasn't it, mate? We were able to shout out some of the companies, not just that have helped us. The thing, do you know the thing that really stuck out to me when we were doing the raffle? Mm-hmm. It was 
you know how we said, oh, we're going to give a little shout out to every single one of these running companies that's helped us, um, giving us a prize, et cetera, et cetera. There yeah. were so many of those companies where I was finding myself, because we did it on the fly, we didn't write anything down. Yeah. That when I was trying to come up with something to say on the spot as to, you know, thank you to this company, this is who they are, this is what they're all about. The amount of them that I was like, these guys have given us prizes before. These mm. guys have been on the podcast. These guys have um, shown us love and shared things for us before. These guys have helped us out so many times. And yeah. it is such a tight knit community that we're really proud and privileged to be a part of um that, that these companies give up their time their profits because you know they often gift us things to, to give away as prizes to you um and uh the discount codes that they give us that kind of thing and, and it's just i think it was just really it was really nice to think to maybe look back on the last kind of like two and a half years and be like oh yeah and then that happened and that happened and that happened and yeah really really positive one i thought um, but of course the main event Matt, was um was a, a surprise definitely it was definitely a surprise and you had definitely, no idea yeah. it was happening um, <laughs> especially when you're introduced to amy and helped carry her waxing table upstairs before we started recording sorry to put, <laughs> sorry to break the fourth wall down guys um <laughs> uh, but how, how, how's your chest mate yeah, it's, it was a bit patchy, but I've, I've shaved the rest of it off, so it's, it's, it's smooth as a baby's bottom, right? Smooth as a baby's bottom. Is it not no, a bit uneven, like where you've shaved and where yeah, you've been yeah. waxed? So where I've been waxed, it's, it's smooth as, and where I've shaved, it's kind of bristly. <laughs> right, oh, God. And, and it's, obviously, when you when you get waxed, I don't, you probably won't know, but ladies get waxed and stuff, these are... I've got a few spots on the old chest, so, yeah, it's not looking very sexy at the minute. <laughs> Saying that, I've done very, very sexy at all. Anyway, I was, I was about to say, just instead of a, instead of a carpet, you just look like I don't know. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good fun. I've not. I know. I, I, we've got a laugh and a joke about it. We, I mean, it weren't good fun while they were pulling the wax strips off, but yeah, it was good. Good. We raised plenty of money for the for Make a Wish. Uh, I think nearly just for the waxing, probably about 180 quid. 100, 180, 180 quid for the waxing. Uh, mm-hmm. The raffle did about 1,300, and it gets us wow. to 4,231 altogether. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. So we've got, what, 770 to go, something like that? Just just un, just over 750 quid to go to get mm-hmm. to our £5,000 target. But it's not going to stop there. Um, we want to get to 5,000 by April by the time we get to the end of the 4 and 40 challenge, which is kind of like the first chapter of the fundraising journey, mm-hmm. uh, which ends with you and JP doing Manchester, me and JP doing London. However, we are going to keep raising money for Make-A-Wish throughout the year. We're not, we've not put a number on it yet because we're not quite sure where we want to get to. But, yeah. you know, the, the the football we've got coming up in the summer, maybe some challenges in the autumn. There's things that we want to do throughout the year to try and keep keep raising the profile of a wonderful, wonderful charity. Um, if you do want to make a donation to make wish and help us get to our initial 5000 target, just head over to what forward slash charity. You'll find a donate button on there for I just giving anything you can give would be absolutely amazing. If you enjoy the show today and um, then you can. Buy us a pint. Uh, we always say uh, £4.40. That goes with the theme of, of the 4 and 40 challenge. Um, if you want to make that donation, we would appreciate it very much. But it was it was just it was just good fun, wasn't it, more importantly? And good to spend time with all you lot. Yeah, yeah. Great, great fun. And we had a bit of a takeaway afterwards. And, uh, and yeah, good laugh. Couple of beers. Uh, and thank, thank you to uh, Paul and um, and Amy that came round as well that uh, helped out the uh, fundraising efforts as well. 
Yeah, really good sports, both of them. Lockie's a very hairy man, and it was <laughs> it was even funnier than than the visual of him half wax was even funnier than the visual of you half wax. So it definitely added added to the narrative, and uh, I think got people a bit more involved trying to decide who they wanted to wax in the return for a donation. And then yeah, Amy who refused to take any money. She actually reached out to us, offered to help when we first started talking about maybe doing some waxing. Um, very professional, great setup, mm-hmm. and uh, just just yeah. Really, really, really thankful for her giving up her time and, and 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 her effort to help us raise the money we've raised. It was, I think, it was a success, mate. It was, yes, definitely success, yes. And uh, yeah, she, I think she's she'll she'll be in Manchester as well with her husband. I think she yep. said uh, on, the, on the day as well. So good, we got to see them there as well. Absolutely, it will. Fart like family all over the shop. Now, listen, we were talking then about raising money for charity, so let's segue seamlessly into our main event for today, mm-hmm. Matthew Taylor. Um, the, the fundraising that we've been doing pales in comparison to some of the challenges and the work that our guest this week has done. Um, just, you ju- we didn't even scratch the surface of some no. of the things um, uh, that, that Barry's done. Um, absolutely incredible um, for, for years and years and years now. And sometimes it goes the way he plans, sometimes it doesn't. But the, the lasting message... Um, that he has um, is that he wants to help other people and he wants to support and he wants to give something back and he does it through running and he's just you know what really good bloke really funny dude Um, half hour flew by Um, and yes before you guys ask we do find out the origin of the amazing handle you sing bolt Um, what do you reckon Max we go around the chat with Barry yeah let's do it all right, it's that time again. Strap in and get ready to be inspired. My guest today has a long and storied history with running. Uh, what started as a fitness adventure has evolved into one of endurance with an unrivaled focus on charity and helping others. Now, there's no way we're going to have time to deep dive into all the achievements of a man who has attempted John O'Groats to Land's End, run 31 marathons in 31 days, is an ultra marathon finisher, a run talk run run leader, a run some ambassador. But we are going to try our best to get as much as we can within the next 30 minutes. Please welcome the man with the greatest IG handle on the Internet. You may know him as you sing Bolt. But today I am chatting to Barindajit Singh Chima. Barry, how are we doing today, my friend? Hi, Rob. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Good. Thanks, man. Uh, You've been out for a run today? I haven't. Friday's my rest day, to be honest with you, mate. So weekend's the long run. So I always believe in having one rest is important absolutely is absolutely is especially with the size of the challenge that you've got coming up this year but we're going to get onto that as we go we have got tons to get through so i'm not going to flap my gums for too long sir let's get straight into it uh why don't you give us a little bit of an overview of your background tell me how you first got into running great thank you um so i'm originally from the northeast of england originally from gateshead now I live in walls in the west midlands and growing up i think like a lot of the people you've had on the podcast I wasn't really that passionate about running. It was all about football for me. You live in, you live near Newcastle, you're big Newcastle United fan, so I wanted to be a footballer. You know, I was growing up in the time of Gaza and Keegan and Beards and Waddle, so for me, it was all about football. I didn't really get understand the point of running for running's sake, but the one thing I would say is, um, at that time, Steve Cram was very big in the North East, so I've always loved watching athletics. But me personally, it was never, I just couldn't stand the point of running. I remember as a kid, we had to do the Junior Great North Run, which is a five-mile run. The day before the Great North one, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> Couldn't stand it. Went to secondary school, you had to do cross country. Again, I used to cheat. And I just start on the record, I've never cheated since when it comes to running. But 
I um I used to cheat across country because I just want to get back to the school playground and play football again. That's all I was interested in. <laughs> but as a kid, in fairness, growing up watching the Great North Run, I used to love going down to stand near the Time Bridge and watch thousands of people run. And I was quite naive at that point. I was still quite naive when I did my first London Marathon. But I thought all these people I saw running were like professional runners. And then I'd get chatting to friends and say, oh, no, my dad or my mum ran Great North Run. I suddenly realised that actually people were doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, but it was, wasn't something that interested me at all. It was just all about football. Fast forward to about when I was 28, lived in the West Midlands. And I thought to myself, I did the Junior Great North Run. I always promised myself I'd do at least one Great North Run. So 2006, I did my first Great North Run for a charity called Get Kids Going. Followed a 13-week training plan, absolutely nailed it. I wanted to do about two hours 36. I think I came in in two hours 40, so I was quite pleased with how that went. And that was the building block of the 2007 London Marathon. I got this through a charity. And everything that you could do wrong to prepare for a marathon, everything you could do wrong during a marathon, I did everything wrong. And I probably like every other runner, when I crossed that finish line, I swore that I would never, ever do it again. And this was in the time where the ballot was only open for one day. The next day, the ballot opened. I didn't bother entering because it was like, oh, why would I want to do that to myself again? But once I reflected on it, it was just like, OK, it wasn't a great experience, but I got to the finish line. And I think that means a lot. And I was running for charity. So my big motivation in the early days was to run for charity, as he touched upon. I don't think I would have motivated myself to do a half marathon marathon unless I was doing it for a good cause. I just didn't have the willpower to go out and run a half marathon at full sit. Initially, and even now, I'm running for charity. It's my biggest motivation. But I went back and did London again, second year, and made a few different mistakes and still got a bad time. But I just kept going again. I think in my early years, I classed myself as an occasional runner. Mm-hmm. Because when I finished that first Great North Run, I stopped running for four months. Just wasn't interested in running. And then when I knew I had to train for the London Marathon, I started training again. I did London, stopped, and didn't train again until I had a half marathon booked in 2000. Eight, so I'd train, do the race, and stop. Would never run in between. And then things eventually changed, and I started setting myself challenges. I got into parkrun, and I think for me, parkrun's it was a game changer just to have that social element of running every week. Um, then 2014, end of 2013, I'd done six fulls and ten halves. And in 2014, I was fascinated by these people that could do multiple races in such a short period of time because I'd always thought you do two marathons either you spring one in the autumn one you might do a couple halves in between and then I had a friend who I lost to, to cancer so I decided to do some fundraising for Millens. my idea in 2014 was in the eight months to do what it took me eight years to do which was six full marathons in ten halves so that's what I set out to do in 2014 that's when it clicked that's when I finally ran a marathon the way I wanted to run it and from then on it just that's where it built from is just the fact that if i was running for a good cause i could achieve anything i wanted and my goals became bigger and bigger and let's talk about the charity focus then because you've you've mentioned that a few times about it being a motivating factor what what is it about i i know you mentioned losing a friend and you know sometimes there's there's a direct reason isn't there why we might we might choose to to try and raise some money for for for, for a worthy reason but it's been a staple of your running journey and you mentioned yourself that often it's the thing that gets you gets you running what what what's been the the rationale behind it what what is it that that really gets you so invested in this idea of 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 raising money for these causes 
think there's, there's a few things with that. I think, first of all, like, like when I was growing up, you had this pressure in the house to be a doctor, be a dentist, be a lifesaver. And then, um, obviously, I wasn't clever enough to do any of that sort of stuff. But part of my faith, I'm part of the Sikh faith. There's always been this thing we've been brought up on is that you do volunteer work and you should give 10% of your time to good causes, whether that's financial or giving your time. Mm-hmm. That's always been a big part of my, me growing up is the fact that you should always try and do good for others. Um, so I did volunteer for charities to a little bit. And with certain charities, I mean a lot to me. As I mentioned McMillan's Cancer, mentioned Stroke Association as well, which is a big chance to God's 17th. I almost lost my dad to a stroke. So I was always grateful for the NHS and the incredible work the Stroke Association did. There have been times I've ran for charities because friends have said to me, you know, this charity's made a big difference in my life. And they've told me the story and I've thought, I want to run for that charity. I want to give back to them. Um, because I think that one of the things about a lot of the charities I've ran for is I've seen what the volunteers and the people behind the scenes do, the incredible work they do. And it's always, I found it quite touching. I'm not, I consider myself quite a bit of a tough guy, but I've got quite a soft emotional side. I see the work some of these charities do. And it's just, it's incredible what people do. Um, we'll come to the 31 marathons. That was done for Samaritans. Um Mental health became a big part of my focus in 2020, like a lot of people, because of the pandemic. With charities, either because it is something personal or because somebody's come to me and said they've made a big difference to me and it would mean a lot to me if you would run for them and I'll support you with the fundraising or whatever you can do. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it still motivates me because I think with the big challenges, if I wasn't running for charity, I know what I'm like. I would probably dawdle too much. But just for me, it's just trying to make a difference every day, trying to make a difference to good causes that either impacted me, my family, my friends, or even complete strangers, to be honest with you. And it's a wonderful difference that you have made, sir, and fair play to you for the work that you've done and continue to do. Now, when, we, we, I mean, we all know this, those of us who who run and, um, and, and, and do raise money for charity and, and, and a new challenge comes along and we have to try and convince those people around us to put their hands back in their pockets again. Um, and for you, I imagine that's even an even bigger thing, given um, the amount of work that you've done for the amount of courses you've done over the years. You have had to, of course, make the challenges um, more extreme, um, uh, bigger to overcome. Uh, you've just referenced the 31 and 31 that we'll come to as well. Um, have you found that it's been a case of having to be more creative with coming up with ideas to, to keep people invested and interested in your fundraising antics? And uh, and how do you come up with them? How does it how does that creative process work? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very good point. I've noticed a massive difference with fundraising is that, you know, when I was doing fourth or fifth marathon, it was like, well, you've done this before. Mm. Um, and so it's very difficult to go back to the same people as you mentioned to keep on supporting you because I think when it when I see people fundraising for a charity if it touches me then I'm more likely to put my hands in my pockets and I know that's going to be the same with everyone particularly when you know it is tough the current financial climate mm. in terms of challenges I think there's a couple of things it's like I remember going to the national running show in 2018 at the NEC the inaugural one and um, I just come off doing doing 31 runs for Stroke Social in 2017. I was trying to think of what I could do next and who I wanted to run for. And I heard Sean Conway talk about Joggle, John Goats Land's End. I, I was aware of it, but I hadn't really heard anybody talk about it. Uh, and I love listening to him talk about how he attempted the first time and he went arse over tit and so he had to do it again and how he just gave up his job to do it because it's something he was passionate about. And I mean, so that's that may be homing on the Joggle attempt of 2019, but it's just been inspired by other people. I mean, the 31 marathons, 
sort of came off the back of my jog attempt not going the way I wanted it to, but seeing other people do it. But I think I've had to go bigger because it's not, people will say, well, I've seen you do this before. So I'm less inclined to want to put my hand in my pocket. And the other thing I find with challenges is I have to try and reach new audiences every time. And I think mm-hmm. being christened using balls in 2012 made a massive difference for me. Yeah, it's almost, I mean, how did that come about? Because that is, whether conscious or, or, or not, it is a, it's a good little marketing strategy because it's such a catchy, uh, memorable name, particularly as, uh, as, as Mr. Bolt himself was uh, was so famous and, 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 and doing such big things at the Olympics. Was, was, that, was it a conscious thing that came about? How, how did the Usain Bolt thing come about? Um, I, I cannot take the credit for that. I wish I could, but uh, it was a moment of genius. So I'm just going to go back. It's when I did my first London Marathon in 2007. I didn't put my name on my T-shirt because I didn't realise it was a thing. And I remember running around the streets of London wearing bandana and people would just say, oh, well done, Beardy Block, the man in the green. And Because <laughs> um, Monty Panis, I was playing cricket in the time, I got a few people to say, oh, hey, Monty, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. So I was very creative. The people that watched me were very creative, in fairness to them. And then after that, I would just go with Barry on my top. I think a couple of times I put my surname Chima on. And then I found out I'd got a place in the 2012 London Marathon through the old system of like fifth time you entered, you could get a place. Mm-hmm. Um, so post a picture on Facebook of me doing the lightning ball post. Because um, I think it was, just, it was just after the Athletics World Championship, you simple and obviously smashed it as he always does, always did. And uh, within five minutes, one of my cousins put a comment on saying, who do you think are you sing bald? <laughs> and um, I think like, like a lot of people that see the name, I looked, I thought that is absolute genius. And then I thought somebody somewhere that of all the Sikhs in the world or people with the name Singh, somebody must have thought of that. I remember Googling it like crazy. Thinking, oh, somebody's used it. Somebody's used it. And I found out nobody had used it yet. So I thought, well, that's what, 2012 Marathon. I'm going to run as using ball as a one off. And, and that's going to help my fundraising because it's a bit catchy. Like it's catchy. It's different. Put a smile to people's faces. It's easier for people to find me, social media and just mm-hmm. giving pages. Um, so I ran my first. I ran my first race using board. I think it was just me a one-off. And then because of like, the feedback I had from it, it was just like, I'm going to do this more often. And then it just built up from there. So I just want to say a big thank you to my cousin Minda, who christened me using board because I've been using that name for 12 years now. And I'm just glad it brings a smile to other people's faces when they see it. I absolutely love it. Uh, the alter ego was born. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's focus in on some of these um, the, these fundraising events then, and, and and these feats that you've that you've undertaken. We certainly can't cover them all, but there's there's a couple that I want to hone in on. And the reason I want to hone in on them is based on what you you just said in that last bit where you were saying um, one didn't quite go to plan, which led you to then be kind of inspired to take on another one so let's let's focus on that period in, in in your running life if that's okay and let's start by talking about John O'Groats to Land's End which is an incredible distance and a really big feat uh, it didn't quite go to plan did it do you want to tell me a little bit about what happened and um, what went wrong and kind of what your mindset was coming out the back of it yeah definitely it's um so I decided to do John O'Groats to Land's End I decided not to do it the conventional way which might have been the first mistake I made so I timed it so it would start at the end of August and go via Newcastle so which is not the conventional route so I wanted to do my 10th Great North run as part of my joggle attempt um so it meant that I, my route was going to end up being over like 950 miles which is slightly longer than conventional route people do I was running for a, a charity based in the Westminster a Sikh based charity called MLSS 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a lot of feeds for homeless people and they do incredible work. They run by a couple of friends of mine. So I was, I was really keen to do it for them. Um, so this was in 2019. So a few things went wrong in the planning of my jogging attempt was that people that said they would provide support vehicles for the first week and second week, it all fell through. So I ended up having to do it solo, which meant I had to be really, really conscious of what I was carrying because I didn't, I hate running with a backpack. I'll be honest, it's not my cup of tea. I'll do it in a in an ultramarathon where you have to carry key kit because it, it's mm-hmm. important. But that was the first thing for me was having to run with a backpack. So I knew I had to be quite minimal with my backpack. So it was literally two t-shirts, two pairs of shorts. I had a change of running trainers ready for me in Gateshead. I had a pair of running trainers ready for me in Walsall when I came through here, through home. Um, so I remember travelling up to Newcastle. Um, and I watched the World Transplant Games while I was in Gates, and that really inspired me, seeing all these people that gone through organ transplants, organ donations, running at Gateshead Stadium. And that just gave me the, like, the incentive to really try hard when I my jog attempt. Went up to jo- land in John and Croats on Sunday, the day before the bank called in August. And I always remember it, because on the way up, I was listening to the, the cricket, the Ashes, you know, and Ben Stokes smashed it headingly. Yes, yes, That's, I do. Um, I was listening to that all the way up and they, that really fired me up. I was just like, oh, that's the sort of thing I need to listen to before I attempt something like this. Um, so I remember the bank on the left, John and Gross, decent weather. And the first two, two to three days were fine. Um, I think the first big mistake I made was on day six. So I was leaving a place just outside of Fort William, going to a place called King's House near Glencore. And I planned a, a 40 mile route by road. I remember people messaging me saying, oh, we just looked at you, don't do that, go along, the, go through the highlands, go up and over the highlands. It'll cut like 10 miles, 12 miles. And I remember thinking, that's not a bad idea. And I thought, well, no, it's up and down. It's not really what I want to do. But um, I made the decision to to do the highlands. I just thought, you know, how many times am I going to run the highlands? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you, Rob, but that Saturday I'll never forget because it was absolutely pissing it down. It was just... The heavens opened and they opened for like six or seven hours of when I was running. I remember going up, up and over the highlands. I'm wearing shorts and t-shirt with a backpack. And I've got all these fell runners wearing a proper fell train, trail shoes and everything. I'm just wearing like purebrists. And, you know, it was just like, that was probably the, the hardest day I've ever had in my life doing anything. Not just running wise, but it's the hardest I've ever had in my life because my morale just dropped. Um, and as it went on and on, I was absolutely shivering. I probably I was, came quite close to having hypothermia. I think by the time I got to King's house, I was that wet. And we're finally getting to this place, and um, I was absolutely drenched. Everything in my backpack was drenched, so I put everything in the room to dry. Um, I remember just going to bed, just really, really unhappy, thinking of, you know, it's such a bad day. But next day, the sun came out, and I felt fine. Got myself to Loch Lomond. I started feeling a niggle in my left ankle and my left shin. Um, at the end of day nine, it was quite bad. And I woke up on day 10 outside of Glasgow. I was due to run towards Edinburgh that day. And I stood up, got out of bed and fell back into bed because I just couldn't put any weight in my left shin. Mm. And it was just, it was tough. I mean, it was just like, I felt like I let everybody down. But I want to give big thanks to people that messaged me that day and the days afterwards saying, well, look, you did 320 miles in nine days. It's not a failure. It's just a a chance for you to reassess and that's what I had to do um came back to the West Midlands I'm amazed I managed to get back to the West Midlands the same day it was um got to Edinburgh got on a train got down got down to the house got to see a physio next day and I got a lot of soft tissue damage in my left shin and I damaged a lot of the tendons in my left foot because I'd 
put all my pressure on my left foot. So when I was going up and down in the Highlands, I was leading with my left foot too much. So my left foot bore the brunt of everything. Um, mm. So emotionally, it was tough for me. Mentally, it was a big, big challenge. It's probably harder than any of the marathons have ever done. And it, I felt really low, but I think the support of friends and family kept me energised. A charity that I ran for really good. I remember going down to the park on that Saturday when I should have been there running. Um, and just people cheering me on. Seeing you look, you haven't let anybody down. The fact that you were prepared to give it a go was a big deal. And so like, it didn't work for me, but I think I've used all my experiences from that to fuel everything that's come afterwards. And I've told myself, I can never feel as low as I did on day six of my jogging attempt because that was the lowest I've ever felt. Yeah. And, and you know what I, I love about what you've just said? And I, I, I wrote it down. I don't do that very often, but you, it's not a failure. It's just a chance to reassess. They're pretty powerful words, Barry, my friend. Like, I love it. Um, appreciate that it wouldn't have been the most positive experiences. Appreciate that you wouldn't have been feeling great coming out the back of it. But you certainly did come back from it and you certainly did use your own words um, uh, 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 well coming into your next challenge and you've already mentioned it this is where 31 in 31 was born so tell me a little bit about how you moved into that challenge and, and talk me through how it went yeah so um like like some bunch of after after joggle sort of recovered myself and major looked after myself but he's back into running like you know 2020 um see the world went to pot with the pandemic all the races were cancelled and stuff so like everybody else i was just doing my own thing um remembering July of 2020, Samaritan, something called Samaritan, where you do something around the theme of 26.2. Um, and for me, I just did one marathon every Saturday, Samaritans in July 2020. And that's where I thought to myself, what if I could do one every day for a month? And so that was the idea. That That's that's when the idea formed. And off the back of Jorgel as well, as I'm going to reattempt something to try and match the miles I should have done during Jorgel. And I don't have to travel anywhere else in the world. I can do it locally if I put my mind to it. So I did a trial run in April 2021 where I did 400 miles in 30 days, which worked out just under half a half a marathon every day. Um, mm-hmm. I had two rest days in that 30 days. Um, I'm not a big I'm a big believer in having a rest day, but I thought I'll do the 400 miles over 28 days, and if it feels good and it works out well, then I'm going to announce it in July. Of that year I'm going to do the 31 so that's where it came from so the 400 miles was sort of like yep it felt good no niggles feel positive and then it was like I'm going to do 31 marathons 31 days to sort of compensate for not being able to do it in Georgia but to prove to myself that I can do a challenge like that where I can do big miles over the course of a month. Um, How did how did it feel I, I guess it's hard when you you don't experience these endurance activities you know when when you're not somebody who puts themselves through the mileage that you the type type of mileage that you're just talking about is there a point where your body just kind of breaks itself in and gets used to it how do you because we've spoken to quite a few endurance runners and, and often the interesting thing is that they tend to say that it's not necessarily the body that's the problem the body kind of just gets used to it it's it's the brain yeah, I, I, I would totally agree with that. I spoke to people that had done similar sort of challenges. I remember speaking to uh, Ben Smith of the 401 Challenge, who took it to, to a whole new level. And everybody said the same thing. And I'd found it myself with the 400 miles was that 
as long as I was sensible with my pace, that was the thing. I had to, I had to identify a pace that I knew I could do every day. Not too slow that I'd be out for seven or eight hours because I needed to give myself time to recover. Mm-hmm. But a pace that I could physically do. And then when I got the first five or six weren't a massive issue. Plus I had friends that were joining me for the first few, which made a big difference. But then it was like every time I was walking, I was like, oh, I feel a niggle. There's, there's something wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Was like, I can force myself to run through this. But mentally, I, I did find sort of, when I got to like the halfway point, that I was really having to motivate myself to do it. Um, particularly as I got a bit unlucky because it was a heat web struck when I did it. Yeah. So I had to really start a lot earlier in the morning. And that meant less sleep. And it was just convincing myself, look, you've done you've done all these already. Just take it one at a time. And I think that's what the approach that I used to use with marathons is. We, a lot of people talk about it is when you approach a marathon, half marathon, don't look at it as 13 miles or 26 miles. Look at it as the next mile. Then when that mile is done, you concentrate on the next one after that. And that's the approach I use with 31 marathons. It was, I put it into five-hour block, five-mile blocks, not one mile at a time. Mm-hmm. So it was do five miles and then concentrate on the next five miles. And then once you got to 25 miles, it's the run home. And it it is, I think it is more of a mental challenge. It gets to the point where you're right, it's mentally, how do you keep yourself doing it? Because your body will just do it. As long as you refuel your body and you, you know, you give it a little time to recover. Your body, I think, is an incredible piece of machinery. Do say that the body is the finest piece of engineering known to man. I think that mm-hmm. is true. But mentally, you're right, it's, it is really, really tough to keep convincing yourself to go and do it. Because um, it's it's a tough thing to do. But And I think that's a big difference I've noticed in my time as a runner, is that that first London marathon, the guy who finished that first London marathon mentally wasn't as strong as a guy who can do 31 marathons now and I think that's what running has given me is that mental strength to want to do and I think for me that's where that mental strength has come from not there's the obviously the jogger attempt but all those races I've done where it didn't quite go go according to plan I've learned from them because one of the best pieces of advice somebody ever gave to me was you know you should always be proud when you get to the finish whether it's a training run or a race you start you finished what happens in between don't worry about too much just be pleased with the achievement of finishing and that was the achievement I took with the 31 marathons was that if it takes me eight hours it takes me eight hours but I'm going to finish each one and that's what I just kept talk, telling myself. Absolutely brilliant advice and uh, and finish it you did um, an amazing achievement. Uh, I imagine that sometimes it must be I, 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 well actually I don't want to assume let me ask you the question um, when you get to the end of something like that is there a period of reflection of rest of maybe uh I, I don't know pride or or you know you, where you can rest on your laurels a little bit and and think you know what I've really achieved something there and now I need to relax or given the fact that you've got such a big charity focus is it always just let's get on to the next one um probably more the former to be honest with you. I was very lucky that the 31st and final marathon was on a Saturday and this was when Parkland had just come back mm-hmm. so Parkland had been off so um I think for two of the Saturdays I was lucky that I could go through park run and run with people and I think when I finished that last one because I had people around me there was a feeling of pride and you know, even my wife made an effort to come and watch me my wife has never come to a race that I finished yeah but she made an effort to come down to one side reading to watch me finish that one so I think initially there's just a bit of pride there's a bit of you know what I don't even think about doing any more running any more challenges just reflect on what you've done you'll get on the social medias tell people you've done it just do that final push for the charity because my focus has been once I finish a challenge is to try and get people to sponsor me or to share what mm-hmm. I've done because appreciate not everybody can sponsor me but 
if they can share what I've done, that helps. And I was really lucky with that one that Strava picked up on it. So Strava published on the on Strava app, which is really useful for me. The Samaritans who I ran for got it into one of the national papers. So for me, it was for two or three weeks. It was reflecting what I'd done, but a big push to make sure the charity had the big benefit. Mm-hmm. Then probably for a couple of months, I didn't think about any big challenges, but I got back into my running because I had the Great North Run come up. I had the London Marathon, which had been rearranged in October to concentrate on. So I just that's all I focused on. Then after about two or three months, that's when I think to myself, right, what do I want to do next? Dot, yeah. Dot, yeah. And um, and like I said, despite the the period, like you said, sorry, despite the period of, of rest and reflection, there is always a new challenge. And I'm conscious of time. Uh, we could go on all day with all these incredible stories that you've got. But I want to dedicate a little bit of time before we finish to the latest challenge that you've got going on in 2023. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so my target for 2023 is to run 4,602 miles for MS Society, Multiple Sports Society. Um, this is quite a personal one for me because I, I have an uncle who lives in Vancouver, Canada. He's got three sons, the youngest son who has himself done marathons and half marathons. So he, he's quite active. He's the one that sort of gave me that push to take on running. Mm. Um, unfortunately, back in 2019, he was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. Um, at the age of 39, he just became a father to young twins, um, and he's diagnosed with MS, and it, it's affecting him quite badly. Some people, it doesn't affect them too badly; they can sort of live with it. But with him, his mobility's been affected, his ability to walk around and do day-to-day stuff that we all take for granted has been badly affected. And because it happened before COVID, I've not had the chance to go over. But 4,602 represents the miles from my house in Wards to his. <laughs> house in British Columbia in Canada so I love it. it I know it's like a really bizarre distance but it's a very personal reason for me to do that and yeah at some point probably later on in the year, I'm, going to, I'm going to head over there and do some running in Vancouver because I've run there before and it's a really nice city to yeah. run in so that's the significance of the distance and of the charity and that's what I'm going to attempt to do and I think the bulk of the mileage will come with a lot of the races I've got planned um I am a bit behind in the run rate, so I'll use, to, use a quick analogy, the required run rate of 4,062 <laughs> miles is uh, 88 miles a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the minute, that's gone up to 93 miles a week. And this is going to sound really strange to people. I don't mean this in a big-headed way, but I'm not going to panic unless it gets to 100 miles a week. Got you. Um, yeah. And that sounds really, because I know what I'm capable of, and I know that, particularly in the summer, if I need to go out and run four marathons to get it back on track, I'll, that's what I'll happily do. But, you know, every time I'm running with MS Society, I think of my cousin, I'm just thinking of the fact that he can't do what I'm doing anymore, it's something he used to love, um, and that's the challenge, and the good thing for me is because of, I, I love doing chatting miles, as you mentioned, I'm a, a run-talk run leader, mm-hmm. so I'm very big, a big thing for me is, and I know you've talked about on the show, sometimes is to do chatty runs, it's not to worry about the pace, but worry about your headspace, so a lot of good people out there who are training for us have said to me they want to run with you, and I'm, I'm happy with that, so if anybody's in the West Midlands, just look me up on social media, if you find out I'm doing a race in your area, just let me know because I'm, I love doing chatting, man. I love just talking to people on the run. Um, and that's how I'm going to get through this this target of 4,062 miles. A lot of it's going to be down to races. I've got ultras planned and 100 mile attempts and some of the big races. And looking forward to doing Yorkshire Marathon as well later on this year. So hopefully, my catch up with you guys there. Yeah, we'll be but there. A lot of the mileage will be from chatty runs at park run, chatty training runs. Um, my focus is on the fact, obviously, my cousin and a lot of other good people that I know are affected by this condition. I just want to raise awareness. And from the beginning of March, I'm going to really start ramping it up. 
wonderful cause wonderful reason as well sir and very well articulated thank you for taking the time to do so um before we wrap up then uh tell me if people do want to we, we know how people are going to find you they just search you sing vault because that is that is the memorable uh catchy name that we, we've already mentioned but um if people want to support you you've already mentioned about maybe getting involved with coming and doing a run how can people donate how can people get involved just give, give me that little lowdown Sure, yeah. So, but, um, my, my just giving page is using bot 4602. It's relatively easy to find out. As I mentioned, social media, just message me. Um, I'm going to be trying to do a bit of a park run tourism. So, hopefully, do a couple in Yorkshire as well. Probably one part because I've not done a, a park run in. Um, I'll probably use my website, usingbolt.com, to start giving like a monthly calendar. So, I'll tell you where I am. So, if you're doing a race at IMAP, please come along. Join me there. I'm lucky enough that I'm going to be pacing at London Landmarks Half Marathon in April as well. It's another thing I've really got into is pacing at official events. For anybody's at London Landmarks and Wave 6, I'm your two and a half hour pacer, so feel free to come and run with us. But yeah, just keep an eye on my socials. I'll be posting where I'm running and I welcome company. Don't think oh, he's not going to want me to come and run. I love listening to other people's stories. And um, the thing that continually inspires me is listening to how other people got into running because. I'll never live, relive my first math experience. I'll never relive my first half-man experience growing up. You know, other people talk about those experiences. It just makes me feel really positive for that person. Um, so always happy to run with anybody, anywhere. That's a, that's a good sign-off line for me. Listen, half an hour has flown by, my friend. Um, I wish we could talk for longer, and I'm sure we probably will at some point in the future. We will continue to champion your cause. We'll continue to uh, to highlight the work that you're doing in whatever small way we can. Just huge, huge thank you for coming on. Huge congratulations for the achievement so far, and the best of luck with uh, with the 4602 in 2023. Uh, uh, just before we finish, any anything we've missed, sir? Anything you need to mention? Anyone you want to shout out? Anything at all? Um, there's, there's far too many people to shout out yeah. to. All those people, to every runner out there, regardless of what distance you run, you will inspire somebody. I was inspired by watching people run the Great North London Marathon. I'd probably never dreamt of getting to where I am now. So. Never think that you're wasting time running or it's too much hard work. Even if you inspire one person, even whatever money you raise for a good cause, if that's what you're doing, you're making a difference to somebody's life. So shout out to every single person out there that runs and runs for a good cause. Just keep doing what you're doing. And a big shout out to everybody in the What the Bartlek family. Love what you guys do. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting you guys later on in this year. Barry, couldn't say it better myself. Uh, we will leave it there, my friend. Thank you so much for your time and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. And that, my wonderful Fartlek family, was my chat with Mr. Usain Bolt himself. Not Usain Bolt, Matthew, you moron. Um, some of your worst work. Uh, but it was a wonderful chat. Barry is a great dude and uh, and is doing amazing, amazing things um uh, for charity and this year's challenge is is huge as well a massive mileage and best of luck to him very happy you took the time to speak to us it flew by and do give him a follow if you're not already and uh, and if you can spare a couple of pennies i know it's a particularly busy time for fundraising um but it's well worth a couple of shekels if you do once again i am flying solo at this point in the recording matthew's on late this week and we've not even got jp back with us as he has some conflicting priorities as well so he is uh, remotely editing uh after the event for us this evening um 
Last week, I was in this exact same position, guys. So I uh, got somebody along. JP sorted it out and got someone. Uh, and it ended up being Jack. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, he still had his, his Jackisms about him, but he was pretty good value. I think you'll all agree. Uh, it was nice to catch up with him. However, there was there was somebody that really didn't enjoy Jack's presence um, on, on the podcast. In fact, in return for a rather sizable donation to our Make-A-Wish fundraiser, uh, they've made me promise that Jack wouldn't be back this week and, uh, and that they could co-host instead. So um, I'm sure you'll all know who it is, uh, but we'll introduce him right now. The, uh, the anti-Jack, um, SMJ, are you there? Punch, punch. And I laughed. What was the, I mean, I loved it, but what, what was the thinking behind the um, the intro? Well, I was just wearing some pants, I'm oiled up, and I just walked into the room. That was it. I've got a crowd <laughs> around me. And, and and went for a for a fighting kind of final countdown vibe. Yes, I am fighting Jack out of this podcast. It will uh, be mine. Yes, you're OK. I understand now. I understand the concept. You are yeah, you, you are physically punching Jack out to the tune of the final countdown. Yes. Wonderful. And, and yeah, thank you for the donation to Make-A-Wish, Statman John. But um, uh, wh- why didn't you want Jack back? Uh, we've got some issues and I haven't thought what they could be yet. So I'm just going to stall a little bit. Uh, yeah. No, still can't think. So that's why. <laughs> right. Thank you. Very, very good. Uh, because I thought you guys were pals now. No, we are not. We, uh, I start. Oh, that was it. I started a cult, and um, he upset me. So I've gone against him. Right. Okay. Um, was he not accepting of you as the leader of the cult? No, he was trying to co-host, and I got rid of him. <laughs> that does sound like Jack, funnily enough, mm. coming mm. in trying to. Was he telling everybody it was his cult? Yeah, he sort of was involved. Then he stepped back, done nothing, and then tried to claim it was his. <laughs> Ah, yes, the Jack Penfold approach. I love it. Yeah, as soon as um, it gets going well, he jumped back on it, but too late. Too late, <laughs> little man. Get out. Uh, no, I like it. Um, but it's good, to, it's good to hear from you. It's good to spend a bit of time together. You've sent us a lot of remote recordings in, and the last time I think you were with us, I wasn't here. So um, how are you? I'm good. I've missed you, my man. I had your woman with me last week. That was good. Yeah, good. You did. Yes, yeah, sorry. Took me a moment then. Thought you were being rude, but you weren't. Not, Very lovely. Not about that young lady. Well. No, what, she's a diamond, isn't she? Uh, no, but uh, thank you, uh, Snapman John, for the shout out. It was lovely, and for uh, and for keeping Sammy warm while I was away. Mm-hmm. Warm and full. That's what I do. <laughs> um, uh, so you're back. You're joining us, and you're going to take part in this next segment, yeah? Oh, I'm here. I love this segment. I listen every week, so I know exactly what's coming. So, okay, well, you know exactly what's coming. Then why don't you introduce this segment that shows up at the same time every week for at least the past four series or so? Tell us what's coming up and do your introductions, SMJ. Well, we all know what uh, what to expect. I mean, the introduction. This is, I'm going to introduce it though, so it kind of does. The Would You Rather segment of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it, it's it's not that's not the segment 
Is, is it not my lady Emma and her man Ben join us for a would you rather? That's you, what I thought it was. You've you've completely mixed up the narrative, Statman John. Yes, Ben and Emma are here. I don't think Ben and Emma. Have, ben, have you ever done a would you rather on this podcast? No, no, I don't think I have. I don't think you, they they haven't, Statman John. You're getting you're getting Ben mixed up with Matt. Okay, and, and this more, is embarrassing. And, and more whoa, worryingly, whoa. Jack mixed up with Emma. I think. <laughs> Wait, I'm offended now. You just compared me to Matt. <laughs> yeah, not offended at the idea that you're engaged to Jack, but that you uh, look like that one's the more offensive one. It, it, it must be the hairy nipples. Me, <laughs> <laughs> my hairy nipples. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't ever compare me to Matt, please. I'm twice his size and uh, better in so many other ways. <laughs> that is a fair, first statement assessment. Ben, Emma, how are we doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, yeah, apart from being compared to Jack, but, you know, he does look good in a wig, so I'll take it. Yeah, you know what? He's got a cracking pair of legs, Emma. You yes. could do worse. You could do worse. Um, Statman John has completely screwed up this part of the podcast, um, but he wants to do... Statman John, uh, do you do you want to do a Would You Rather, now that you've kind of set the stage for it? Uh, it's one that maybe Ben could answer, do have his first go at one? Um, well, uh, it's kind of about Ben, uh, so I don't know if he can answer it. Right. Okay. That's slightly worrying. And worrying. Ben? Very, very worrying. Um, why don't you tell us then? Have you made this one up, Statman John, or has somebody sent it you in? What's 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 the happy haps? Uh, this was sent from an ex-lover of mine. Uh, yes. Oh God! Someone sent me a message. I can't see their handle. It is a lover of sunsets, a dirt monkey. Lover of Sunset, author, bloke. Nick Nick Finney. That's the name, that's the name, yeah. Nick Finney, and I don't want to know about your sordid love affair with Nick Finney, although I kind of do. Um, Okay, so it's about Ben. It's from Nick Finney. So, Emma, should you and I have a go at it, do you reckon, while Ben observes? Uh, Yeah. That sounded sounded much creepier than I wanted it to. I'll observe too. Fantastic. John, what's the fucking would you Ben, rather? we can hold hands while observing. Right, I thought, <laughs> um, would you rather be been savaged to death by zombies oh, or be Ben's wedding photographer knowing Ben is going to kill you when he sees the end of the It's a fair comparison as well. I think it's not when you went in with uh, Savage to Death by Zombies. I thought, how are you going to get Ben into this narrative? But accurate, completely accurate. Emma, I'll um, <laughs> go on. You answer that one. Tread carefully. Bear in mind, you're sat next to Ben. Well, I've been on the wrong end of uh, Ben's wrath when I've took mm. pictures before. And he's, he's you know, he's going to be a little bit nicer to me seeing as he's, he wants to marry me. Mm. Um but yeah, I think I'd probably still rather be savaged to death by zombies. Yeah, absolutely. Zombies is the correct answer. I don't think, I think, you, I, I dread, I, I'm really, really, I feel sorry for whoever's going to end up being your wedding photographer. Um, <laughs> especially, especially when Ben tries to get all the pictures on what is probably going to be a very, very expensive camera, uh, but he insists on them all being in portrait. <laughs> Uh, not even really contemplated this, but this is going to be. 
<laughs> it's going to make life very, very difficult. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Savage by Zombies, it, it's a quicker death than being slowly degraded and bullied by Ben for my photography skills. <laughs> um, it would be uh, a slow death. It would God, sorry. I was just about to say, man, we've been a little bit harsh on you, but you're you're fully bought into this, aren't you? You're like, yep, agree. Yeah, yeah. I'll be examining every single photo, and uh, if he's crap, I'll be telling him or her. I'll be mm. telling him, and uh, yeah, if they ruin my day, I'll ruin their life. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag wow. where's the purple sign? Wow, Statman John, what do you think? Uh, well, actually, sidetracked, I found myself just smiling at Ben's icon on the screen. I, I felt like he was smiling at me, then I realised it was a photo. So I spent the last time doing that. <laughs> no, 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 I, I am smiling at you, Statman. Fantastic. Uh, but no, wise words, I would not want to be your wedding photographer. Good luck to them. Zombies all the way. Zombie hashtag zombies all the way. That's the next what the fart like t-shirt zombies all the way. Uh, right, okay. Uh, let's get on to park run. Uh, we've got lots to talk about. It was the first ra- first week of the second round of the park run cup. Ben, you're going to get to that in a little bit. For before we do, we need to know about the real reason you're here, which everybody waits for with bated breath every single week. You've been on your park run adventures. If you're brand new to the podcast, maybe you are a fan or a friend of Barry and you've stuck around after listening to his segment. This is the part where Ben and Emma tell us all about their adventures at park run. They are park run fanatics. They've got cows on their hats and everything, which apparently means something that I don't fully understand. But we love them for it. And they go all over the country being touristy tourists. And then they come and tell us about it. So, Ben and Emma, where have you been on your adventures this week? This week, uh, something that somebody laughed at on Ben's comments this week when he said we needed to stay relatively local. So within an hour of the house, that's how local. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what local we, means. Yeah. yeah, we were going out in the afternoon, so we needed to be as close as we could be, really. Uh, without breaking the tourism streak. So we went to Stamford Park Park Run, which is a bit of a mouthful, um, mm-hmm. which is on this side of Manchester. Um, Ben's pick, I think it is two laps, two two big laps, one small lap. And when we read about it before, it said road shoes will be fine. It's trailed, but it's not going to be very muddy. How wrong was that? That was, yeah, Mm. very, very kind of, there was a patch where it was like, you could lose your shoe in it kind of mud. Um, Do we we had a downpour in Manchester? I don't remember like this weekend being particularly rainy. Was it just, was it Manchester way that it was bad? Yeah, maybe that part of the course is always bad and they just don't mm. emphasize that fact. Yep. Just uh, pretend it's fine. They just, um, they, they just it's an elusive scheme to steal shoes off people. Yeah. <laughs> Wear your nice shoes. We don't like yeah, yeah. nice shoes. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, very hilly. Uh, felt like you were running uphill more than down. And yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, ben mm. is sorting out dinner so he's disappeared right okay well we'll carry well i'll tell you a little bit of a side story i don't want to hijack your story uh good good conversation about the course i'll find out about what you thought of it in a moment uh, a little bit of a side story uh, i got a message off uh paulie uh, your normal companion to make mcbema uh, wasn't there he was off on his own adventures um and the message i got from paul was simply on saturday afternoon was simply just done frickly park run i can see why you hated it <laughs> 
<laughs> Good old Frickly. Um, you need well, it for the ass, but it'll destroy your yeah. soul. We saw that he'd been, but um, even if we'd have asked, obviously, we're not going to go there because we've already been. And But if we could have at least explained to him how horrible that hill is. Ugh, it's absolutely disgusting. There's about 12 people do it every single week, and it's awful. <laughs> Lovely people. Awful, awful course. Uh, Statman John, have you ever been to, uh, uh, sorry, was it St- Stanford Park, was it, Emma? Yes, it was, yeah. I'm not, oh, Emma, yeah. Emma, your voice has gone really deep. Stanford Park. Before Ben's back, in case anyone's curious. Uh, Statman John, have you ever been to Stanford Park in Parkrun, Parkrun Park, Manchester? Yeah, I was, uh, I was there just five minutes ago with Statman Jan. Statman, uh, that woman Jan. <laughs> right, good. Is, is, there, is, there anything, is, there, is there a story there or are you just being weird? Just being weird. Oh, okay, perfect. I'm thinking too much about what Ben and Emma have got for dinner. I wish they yep. were eating it off me, but they're not. <laughs> okay, okay. You can you continue with that weird fantasy. Ben, uh, Emma's told us all about the park run. Uh, what have you got to add? Um, nothing. I'm just going to give my opinion. Okay. Uh, lo- lovely park run. Like like Em said, it was it definitely wasn't perfectly for road shoes it um it's two lakes you've got one small one and then another one above it um and you start halfway down the small one you run out you run two loops around the the top lake but it's there's one section which is covered by trees and they said we've got an extra marshal down there this week because of how muddy it is so you start out you go up a bit of a hill and then you fly down this hill and then all of a sudden you just met with this sea of mud and you have to turn left in that as well. So you've got to slam the brakes on and turn at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was really muddy. There were puddles all over the course. Um, I just decided I was going to turn the legs a little. So I didn't avoid any puddles if they were if they were coming up. Uh, and I was about to put my foot in them. I went straight through them, which was lovely. I got covered in mud. Um, second lap, when I was overtaking people, I was actually passing people as I was going through the puddles and I was splashing them and I had to keep yeah. saying, sorry, sorry. Um, but I wasn't sorry, really. Um, <laughs> I, was <gonna> I, say. <laughs> I wasn't sorry. Um, but yeah, but what goes up must come down. So it was a lovely downhill. Um, and it was, yeah, it was generally a nice park run, apart from there just being a slog of a hill on each lap. But mm. that's part of the fun. And uh, good little finish. I'll tell you what I did have. I had the loudest that we thought Pete Marshall was a grunter. I think, mm. I, found, I, think I found his rival. Mm. Uh, I caught him up at the start of the second lap and went flying past him down the hill into the muddy bit, overtook him. And then for the rest of the lap, I don't know if he all of a sudden decided to speed up, but he must have been about 20 metres behind me, 30 metres behind me. And all I could hear was this... <laughs> just the whole way round. And I was like, oh, God, please speed up, Ben. Um, but, yeah, he followed me round the course, and it was it just made it quite funny, actually. Um, um, so, so, sorry, Ben. Statman John, where were you on Saturday morning? <laughs> well... It wasn't me. I don't know why I didn't start with that story. That tingled me just then. Bloody <laughs> hell. I, I love a grunter. Uh, that's not, no, let's not go there. Oh, whoever, whoever it was, I find him in the results. He finished, I think he finished the place behind me. And uh, yeah, he can be your new best mate because uh, he was weird. Very weird. Uh, but lovely get, get yourself run. a grunter sorry yeah lovely part run ben <laughs> lovely, part run. lovely volunteers um there was there's free parking on the streets around if you can get there otherwise it's pay and display car park 
Um, there is a cafe in the over the main road because this park run actually went. You had to run down the main road a mm-hmm. little bit. Wow. So you came out and you went down the main pavement, and obviously there's pedestrians. And I know other local park runs uh, to us that used to go on the road have had to de- reroute because yes. they're not allowed on the route road anymore. But this one seems to be so. Uh, that was quite interesting. But in the but the park split over the either side of the main road. And over the other side is where like the kiddies play area and the cafe and that is. But but we didn't have time for that. I um obviously as Em said, we had to dash off, even though I, I barcode scanned afterwards. Um we were we were away before ten and uh, yeah, heading heading home, um stopping at a greasy spoon cafe on the way home. Oh. Which was lovely. That, that, that's that seems a bit of a theme for you guys, doesn't it? Was was this after the bike the biker cafe last week? Is this your new thing? Yeah, apart from this one was uh, full of like workmen and builders. So and nobody really sits down to eat. People just tend to wait for the food, grab it and leave. Mm. So we walked in and I'm still wearing my shorts and my part on top. And everybody stood there in like the high-vis gear and steel toe cap boots. And I'm the only woman in there and everybody just stopped talking. And it was really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> oh. I, I decide if it was like ooh a woman or if it was like ooh why are you wearing running gear and then buying a massive bacon and egg and hash brown greasy sandwich why why can't it be both i don't know i don't it was just awkward (laughs) (laughs) well there you go did you get any did you did you get any funny looks or wolf whistles ben no no i didn't know i uh i'd got changed so i kind of blended in right yeah yeah they didn't 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 like didn't like the skirt you were wearing then no, 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 no. It was a pink one, pink one. Uh, but you, proper lovely cafe. I mean, they're they're the they're the real backbone of uh, British fast mm. food. First and that, and uh, yeah, it was lovely. Three three days in the back, cooking the breakfast away, and uh, it was a proper banging sandwich. Uh, nice sausage, nice runny egg, good old hash brown in there, loads of sauce. It was uh, yeah, proper proper greasy sandwich. So uh, filled me up, lined the stomach. There you go, and then you all, and then you went off and got drunk at the ice hockey, didn't you? Absolutely. Oh, it was called the Cozy Cafe as well. The Cozy Cafe. There we go. And it was was and it was close by. You said to, to Stanford Park. It, you know um, where Mottram Hill is, over the end of the Snake Pass and the Woodhead, where the Snake and the Woodhead, it's right there. Got so you. it was really easy to get to and get away from. And uh, right, yeah, right, right, right by that horrible hill where everyone cuts in at the end and gets angry at each other on the way out of Glossop. Yeah. Correct. But if you go into the park run as you're driving up that hill, mm. uh, you get all the idiots in the right hand lane. Well, I was allowed to be in the right hand lane this time. Because you were turning I, right. Yeah, yeah, I was turning right. So I, I felt like oh, all these people are going to be going, he's not pulling in, he's not pulling. And I wasn't. <laughs> as you drove straight past them with a really smug look on your face. I can imagine you doing that as well. <laughs> I'm going right. Although, <laughs> although completely coming off the subject of running parkrun or anything that's going to interest people, unless they specifically tend to drive across the peaks uh, to get from the northwest to South Yorkshire. Um, did you know that if you can take the right there, mm-hmm. dr- uh, yep. drive about 200 meters, and then there's a roundabout that you can take the first exit out and you can come back on yourself, and it brings you out of the crossroads where the um, little shop is, you know, that's got all the animal sculptures outside of it. Yeah, yeah. But those but, traffic lights. But the t- traffic lights are four way and they take ages. So if you catch it, it's a right good hack. But if you get it wrong, it takes fucking ages. 
Correct. It's high risk. It's high risk, high reward. That's why I've never done it, because I, I've been on those side traffic lights before and they take forever. So, uh, yeah. people don't people don't want to hear about traffic news in Glossop, do they? No, no, no. So, um, yeah, good park run. No, no. five. Oh, no, we did get a 5K thing, didn't we? We got an S for the snakes challenge um, because we're still chasing that where you've got to get 10 park runs beginning with S. Mm. Uh, this was number seven for me. What was, I was it? Gonna, I was going to say you must be quite far along. Uh, yeah, well, you think so, but no, 109 different park runs and only seven that begin with S. So uh, still a few to go. Still a few to go. M's checking. That was her fifth. See, she's only got five. Wow, she's done. So, so you had a couple of pre-Emma S's. I did, I did, yes. Don't ask me which ones they are off the top of my head because I can't remember. Da, 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 no, 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 it's gone. I can't think what happened that you haven't. Selby, Selby's one, yeah. And um, South, South Manchester. There we go. There you go. There you go. Right. Okay, cool. So that is Park Run. Statman John, are you still with us? Are you enjoying the conversation about, about Glossop? I am, and I'm very glad to hear Emma enjoyed her sausage on Saturday. I especially <laughs> prepared that. How long have you been holding on to that comment for? Oh, I've been sat here smiling, thinking about it. Really? It was Saturday. <laughs> did you not get the video I sent you, Statman? I did, my man. I'm saving that for a special day. Thank you very much. <laughs> she enjoyed that sausage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Emma. Sorry, Emma. <laughs> I'm sorry, Emma. I'm not even involved. <laughs> I'm just, I've just got no words, Rob. I've just got my head in my hands right now. Yeah. Well, let's we swiftly move on. Emma, why don't you take over? Uh, oh, no, Ben normally does this bit, but I was trying to bring you into the conversation so they stop talking about sausages. Um, Part Run Cup. Let's talk about Part Run Cup. Round two started this week, didn't it? We've got three weeks of it. Uh, still, how many people left in? 52? Yeah, 52 of which 22 didn't even make a park run this weekend. Mm-hmm. So they're saving themselves. Um, but out of the 30 that did go, we had our lowest week for PBs. We only had one PB this week. Makes it extra special, though. It does, it does. Mr. Chris Cousins, he absolutely smashed his PB, uh, knocking 38 seconds off it. Wow. Um, Fantastic, my man. Well done, my man. And uh, he was actually he was the guy that got pulled out the hat, if you remember rightly. So second chance, and he's gone out, and he's uh, he you see that's why we put that's why we put these people in the hat because we mm. knew there's more in them, even though they PB'd in the first round. And could you imagine if he goes on to win the whole damn thing? There we go. There we go. You never Amazing. Know. You never know. Anyone else to shout out then? Uh, Alana Healy. She equaled her PB. Would you believe it? She was, so we thought it was a rarity when Slacky equaled his PB uh, in week one of the first round. But Alana Healy has gone out and equaled her PB this week. So that's pretty pretty good effort. Thanks, SMJ. And then there were six other people who were all within a minute. Uh, Marie-Louise Taylor, Joe Lee, Jamie Denham, Matt Woodhouse... John Simpson, Paul Locke, mm. not one minute of their PB. So Jolie, Jolie, what a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Jolie's a man, Statman John. 
Joseph. Oh, Lee. sorry, I couldn't talk. I was laughing. <laughs> okay, SMJ, you, you you get yourself back together. Uh, so yeah, just more. We've got two weeks left. Time to get your efforts in. Uh, we know there's a couple of meetups going on around the country over the next two weeks. Uh, we are hoping to be at Rother Valley, not this weekend, but next weekend. Nice flat, fast one, and a few people available to do some pacing if you are in the South Yorkshire area or can be so on the fourth, I think it is, of March. Um, brilliant. Okay, good roundup though, guys. It's just a case of, of of cracking on and getting on with it now, isn't it? Let's get let's get down to round three as uh, with as many PBs as we can. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. The next two weeks are going to be fun. Uh, they certainly are. You know what else is fun? When we do a roll call. And uh, SMJ, I feel like I need to come to you here, sir, because uh, you've been in control of these last few weeks, haven't you? You are you are now the roll call master. I am, I am. They're still in my DMs, so let me just whiz them across to you guys. There you go, I've got them too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you want to sing us a song, SMJ, to start? Yeah. Uh, I'm rolling in the deep. Well, no, no, it's not that, is it? What is it? Let's go. Roll calling, 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 roll calling, 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 roll calling. Yeah, I think that's better than Matt's, if I'm completely honest. Uh, Emma, do you want to start for us with this week's roll call? Who are we shouting out? Well, I've got to start off by I'm saying conf- I'm confused by Dr. Ash C's uh, answer. Mm. What was the question on the roll call? Uh, uh, would uh, I think the question was something on the lines of "Tell us what you smashed this week." <laughs> wow, really? What a man! Wow, that's what we're looking for, Doctor Ash. He's put. I'm assuming the wife isn't the kind of thing you want on the roll call. Well, we're going to read it out anyway. So. <laughs> we are, and let's just hope your wife never listens to this because you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I feel like we missed the trick there, not getting Statman John to read that one out. But I think he's his, his little head's probably fell off. Are you all right, SMJ? Yeah, he has made me smile from ear to nose. Well, well thank you. Thank you, Ash. I'll come into that GP surgery. Uh, <laughs> um, while we're with you, that's that, my job. Why don't you tell us who else we're shouting out? Yeah, uh, what have I got? Simundo underscore runs and eats. Don't forget. He said he's still chuffed about my first sub two hour half marathon, which I didn't mention last week, exclamation mark. He was building up the uh, the tension, wasn't he, SMJ? He was, and we were all there, nail-biting, and thank God he mentioned it this week. Well done, my lad. <laughs> well done, Si. Uh, ben, who's next? So next we have Mr Gary underscore Ludwin, who's shouting out himself for bagging his thir- first 30-mile week in forever. Boom orange carrots, as he puts. Boom, orange carrot to you, Gary Ludwin. Great work. Um, ramping up those miles. Uh, Doug Witness, Witness the Fitness. Uh, he chased a submarine on his long run. Did you guys see his, uh, his uh, video that he did, his tribute to Nat Runs, um, looking at the submarine that was launched from? Is, it, is Barrow the harbour? Is that, or is it somewhere close to Barrow? I, I get confused by that part of the, by Cumbria. Not uh, Lancashire, he gets upset, but it's not Lancashire, it's Cumbria, isn't it? What, what, what What's the actual port? Or, or I should bay. know because we've got a customer up that way, um, but I don't know. I'm I'm just going to say yeah, it's Barrow Harbour. Anyway, but, it's somewhere up in Cumbria where they launch submarines from, and Doug got to see it being launched. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Mm, yeah, you don't see that every day. You certainly don't see that every day. Certainly not in Sheffield, landlocked Sheffield. Um, <laughs> uh, Emma, back round to you. 
Uh, so we've got Rob Corn's runs. Uh, not mine, but Sammy's smash part run this week. Absolutely amazing effort. Boom, orange carrot. She certainly did. She's already had a shout out today. So the greedy bitch, she can get another one. I, I, first segment, she, 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 I told her I was proud of her. So um, that's all she's getting. It was only 5K, wasn't it? Uh, ben, who's next? Uh, SMJ even, <laughs> sorry. Who's next? Oh, um, right. Who have I got? Sam, full stop, is full stop running. There's a theme here with the name. Uh, she said, also volunteered at Park Run for the it's, first it's, time. It's that much on it's a he. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> know your people stat man oh dearie me so my man Sam full stop is full stop running <laughs> glad I didn't hit on him in the front maybe I will didn't stop you SMJ yeah well here he is uh, also volunteered at Park Run for the first time after last week's pod punch emoji very inspiring I take it my bit was, so you're welcome, Sam, anytime. I don't think he's inspired by you, SMJ. I think he was inspired by the Parkrun Cup and us talking about the importance of volunteering. That might make more sense. Again, I listened, so I knew that. <laughs> ben, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, We love to see people volunteering and if people were inspired by what you said about getting out there and volunteering when you're, when you're not participating, then uh, yeah, we're all for it and uh, it's something I love to do and uh, something many others have done and if you haven't done it, try it. It is quite fun just standing there cheering people around or just just basically being part of Parkrun on Saturday without running it. It's uh, it's It's great. It certainly is. And Ben, we'll stay with you, mate, because uh, Sam Dot is Dot running. Uh, didn't just submit one for us this week, did he? No, he didn't. And he's got every right to shout this one out. He ran the Bingley Bollocks Half Marathon. Yes, that is right. That is actually what it's called. He's not making he's not adding words in there. The Bingley Bollocks Half Marathon. And he only went and won it. Oh, pretty good. Pete Marshall, watch out. You're not the only race winner in the family anymore mm. Sam. there we go very good um i've got one from jp dot runs free uh good old captain calves uh the center of a facebook controversy this weekend he wants to shout out the 40 year old virgin poor lock for getting parts of his carpet chest shaved oh he, it was painful guys i know you didn't see it live but there was a lot of blood on Lockie's hairless chest by the end of the evening but what a good sport for coming along you didn't have to do it at all did he and uh and fair play to him oh god <laughs> poor paul, no, poor not paul. paul. No, no not poor paul actually no he, he deserves it ptp um emma the next we've got Kelly um, running underscore runner 81. After my disappointing half at Wrexham, I'm happy to say I enjoyed the hail 10k this weekend. So that's good. Happy to be back racing after a, a rough one the week, couple of weeks before. Yeah, week before. The week before. But let's let's just go on record to say, Kelly, there's nothing disappointing. You might have been personally disappointed, but you still absolutely smashed Wrexham, mate. And um, fair play to you, but I'm glad to hear that hail went so well. Uh, SMJ finishes off strong. What have we got here? All right, let me just stand on my three feet for this. So everyone stand up. And once again, JP, a bit of music here. Mrs. Blackwell, 84. My 100th park run volunteering, exclamation mark, 
Most of them are amazing. Junior, Park Run, Orange, Heart Emoji. Absolute high-vis hero. Um, it's incredible. 100, 100 is brilliant. To give to give 100 volunteer stints back to Park Run is uh, something I aspire to get to one day. Um, and everyone should, really. Um, so, well done, well, Lord. Well done, Laura, indeed. Sorry, but I didn't mean to cut you off, but isn't it amazing to see that range of um, people in our little community going from Sam doing his first volunteering stint to Laura doing a hundredth and all and everything in between? Just goes to show, doesn't it, what Parkrun can do for people, what it can do for communities, how involved it can get you, how when you got the bug, you just absolutely fall into it. it it's it's such a wonderful little, little beast, isn't it, Parkrun? Absolutely. Great community, great spirit. Nice to see everyone on a Saturday morning. Gets you out, bit of fresh air, running or helping out. It's uh, it's it's the best community. So yeah, encourage it all. Um, we're going to partner on this Saturday, and somebody who will be joining us will be doing their fiftieth volunteer stint whilst we're there. Very so. very exciting. Very exciting. So uh, that is that. Roll call. Very well done to everybody who uh, smashed it this week, um, except for Ash. <laughs> You're in trouble. Especially Ash. <laughs> oh, sorry, especially Ash. Statman John, uh, Ash, I'm really sorry, mate, but you're going to end up with Statman John in your DMs um, looking for some kind of video evidence. Um, right, so uh, we've got some thank yous before we get out of here. Uh, ben, I know you normally do this. Do you want to farm it out to Statman John or are you going to do it this oh. week? No, whenever whenever we get new people in this segment, I think it's uh, it's only right that they do it. So Jack's mm. done it, JP's done it. I'm a little bit concerned about how this is going to go, but Statman John, would you like to say thank you to some people for this week? Yes, I was just trying to think of a song with thank you in it. I can't can't think of one that quick. So um, unlike Jack, I actually do listen to the poddy, um, but I am a bit concerned. I'm not going to remember everyone. So let's take a deep breath, look around the screen and start with this. So thank you, Rob. Uh, thank you, Ben and Emma. You're just uh, naming the people on the screen, aren't you? That's not... Thank you, me. And thank you for the man running next to Rob in his icon. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> thank you, uh, JP. Uh, Matt, do we thank him? Do we thank He's Matt? Done, he has, he, Matt's done a bit this week. He was on for upwards of 15 minutes of the podcast. So OK, he gets to thank you. Uh, thank you to Sydney, Joe, Sam, uh, Louise, and she doesn't do much, and uh, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right, and then there's Graham Lingley for the music. He's, uh, he's trying so hard. And the website people. That's Paul. People that, do, you, oh, do, you mean okay. the, do you mean the newsletter people? Yes, that's the one. They're not the same thing. Um, the newsletter people. Well done, Ben. Thank you. I think that's everyone. Is that the most painful one? Uh, what about I'm not what thanking about? Jack. I'll no, thank Jack's dad, but not Jack. Yeah, yeah, for right. Thank. Yeah, Glenn can have a thank you just for the sake of it. He deserves it. What about our guest this week? What yes, about, thank you. Uh, Berinda Jit Ch- uh, Sing Chima, otherwise known as you Sing Bolt. Yeah, what a man. What well, man, thank you to him for everything he's done for me. <laughs> for you personally, Statman John. For me personally, and thank you, Dr. Ash. And thank you to the grunter from the park run. Are you done? Because I feel like you're talking yourself into a hole here. Yeah, that's everyone, that's it. I'm sweating. I'm actually sweating. I don't sweat. I've had 
Botox in the armpits in the back, but I am watching. <laughs> Right, thanks, SMJ. Um, and thank you to you for coming along and whatever the fuck that just was. Uh, Emma, where can people find us if you want to give us a follow? Get in touch or get involved in the Fartlek family. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and YouTube. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music and Google Music. We've got our website, whatthefartlek.com. And you can contact us by email at whatthefartlickpodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely flawless, as always. Um, tell you what, though, I found somebody other... Uh, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. We don't get tons of engagement on Facebook. But um, we found another Googler. Ooh. Pete, Pete, big shout out to Peter Ramsdale. Um, him and Laura Blackwell, they got a little... They had a right little... They found each other in the comments section. And they had a right little knock on at me um well at the podcast so the royal me um but uh but yeah they, they are both that is we now have two people listening on google podcasts who, who'd have thought i wouldn't even know where to look for a google podcast i presume google but i don't really want to try because i'm not bothered but anyway they both listen to our google so shout out to peter and laura for flying the google flag um very good uh do you guys want to know who we've got on next week yes just Emma? Okay, fine. Carry on. Um, yes, please. <laughs> I'll press the reaction instead of unmute. Yes, <laughs> I was wondering why a smiley face popped up on my screen. Uh, right, uh, we've got a we've got a big one, a really big guest uh, this week. Not that all our guests aren't absolutely incredible, but we have got the third place uh, British female finisher, London 2022. Uh, we're chatting to Anya Culling. Uh, we're talking all about her running adventure, which hasn't been going on for too long. Uh, she's still a she's still a young woman, uh, right in the prime of her running career, uh, going from strength to strength. Um, part of the best athletics family. Uh, she has her transformation from fun runner to where she is now is incredible. We recorded it just before she went and absolutely annihilated Barcelona half marathon this weekend. Uh, really down to earth uh, lady. I, I think that. One thing that I would say, and I, and I mean this with every respect, um, sometimes we'll chat to some of the elite runners and maybe there's a little bit of a detachment because they are so good, because they are so um, skilled at what they do compared to, 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 to the journey that we're all on as more casual, uh, uh, more, more, more um, uh, hobby based runners. Um, but. Anya is not that at all. It was a super chilled out conversation, really relatable. Um, half hour flew by. Um, but what I mean, I mean, the time she's running, I mean, Ben, I know that you follow her. Absolutely incredible, isn't she? Yeah, she's she's rapid. And uh, we actually got to see her in action at London. Mm. Um, she came flying past with Nick Bester. And uh, I think we saw them two or three times. And they just look so relaxed and so comfortable doing what they're doing. And uh, to run the time she did, I think she was, what, about 2.36-ish yes. or something? Yes. Yeah. Uh, incredible. So, uh, and like you say, she's still quite new to it. So uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, fair play to her. And uh, she'll only go from strength to strength now. And uh, we've had uh, Becky Briggs on as well. So them two will be competing against each other soon, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, great yeah. guests. Looking forward to this one possibly on the international stage who knows we get into all of that next week so set your diaries to fun 
because next Thursday we will that will be part of another monster episode as we come to the end of series nine. Guys, I think we've spoken about absolutely everything. There's nothing left for me to say apart from as always. Um, if you want to be part of our Fart Like family, our community that sits around this podcast, you are more than welcome. We have uh, monthly, uh, monthly, they're not monthly, just whenever we can be bothered. We have meetups across the country, across the year, as well as smaller, more casual get-togethers at things like Parkrun and local races. We've got a WhatsApp group of 100 people in it that's a bit crazy at times, but it is jolly good fun. But most importantly, we've got a community of people who just want to look out for each other, who just want to make some pals through this mutual love we have of running and who are the most supportive, incredible, fun bunch you are ever likely to meet. We know we're not for everyone, but if it sounds like it's something that's for you, then get in touch via any of the social media channels that Emma mentioned before or drop us an email and get some more information. It will always be free. It will always be a community that is worth building and that continues to be built and that is based entirely around this thing that we love uh, called running. Uh, That, I think, is it for us, guys. Uh, Have I missed anything at all, you lovely threesome? Um, where can they find you, Rob? If they Ooh, want to find you, Ben, good one. Uh, I'm at Little Runner Boy, Rob. Emma, where can they find you? I'm at Emma JJ85. How about you, Ben? I am at Sheffield underscore Strider. How about you, Statman? Can anyone find Statman? That a uh, bit of mysterious music there. I am at SNJ underscore TWSS. Quickly, add search for it. Thank you. There, there we go. Stat, but I always forget that Statman John has an Instagram account. He posts on it once every like three months, and it's usually something completely nonsensical, and ridiculous. I'm off but to it... follow uh, Doctor Ash now. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh, very good right okay so that is us done as always guys may your runs continue to be wonderful don't forget to be excellent to each other be kind or just find somewhere else to exist because we don't want anything to do with you and we will see you on the flippy floppy say goodbye Ben goodbye Ben say goodbye Emma bye Emma that man John do something funny because Matt's not here uh, uh, uh. could you just bark <laughs> at me I was doing the grunter, dedicating the whole episode to the grunter. Thank you, Ned. Bye. See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>